Welcome to PRN, Pause, Renew, Next, a podcast about soul care, scripture, and stories of faith. I'm Jenny Detweiler, and you guys, I am so glad that you've joined me here today. So lately, I've been putting out some short soul care episodes. I hope that you've been enjoying those and that they've been refreshing. But today is a guest interview, and it's a great one. It was a treat to talk to my friend, Amber Bench. If you know Amber, you love her. If you don't know Amber, you're going to love her after listening to her today. She and I became friends a few years ago in the homeschooling community, and we have multiple things in common. Number one, we have a heart for Jesus. Number two, we have a heart for women, especially women who are in a hurting place. And number three, we love plants and gardening. Now for me, it's a hobby, but for her, it's going to the next level. Amber and her husband have a homesteading property, and they've started a business called Grace Walk Farm, and I can't wait for you to hear about it in today's episode. Amber was gracious enough to share her story, which is amazing, and also to share with us some of the things that the Lord has been teaching her in this season. So without further ado, let's jump into the conversation. Well, Amber, thank you so much for being on the podcast. It's so fun to have you. Would you like to share a little bit about yourself? Sure. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here and honored that you asked me. Um, yeah, so my name is Amber Binge, and I am from Western North Carolina, and we live on a three-acre homestead um, that we have called Grace Walk Farm. And so we've been living here for about two years, and we're just kind of getting back to the roots of family and we're homesteading and homeschooling and trying to base more of life around home, um, which is kind of where we feel God calling us in this season. Yeah. And I'm really excited to talk to you about that today because you and I met, I don't know, like maybe about four or five years ago, maybe even longer in the homeschooling community. And at that time you were homeschooling, but you were a busy, busy lady like you had your hands in a lot of different pots. Will you kind of share with us about what that transformation has been like to come back home and where you are right now? Yeah, absolutely. Um, In the beginning, I think um, it started out of necessity. Um, So I was homeschooling, I was directing a co-op, and I was also, um, we have a nonprofit that my family started and um, helping survivors of of sex trafficking. And so I was trying to fundraise for that and also do the outreaches and the actual um, case management work for the women we were helping. And then I, in my crazy mind, thought I had time and I took on a part-time job for another local nonprofit. And all of this culminated in terrible burnout for me. Um, It started with shingles. And I kept getting shingles. They would go away and then they would come back. Um, And when I got um, the third case within one year, um, it it really just was to the point where I knew I had to make a change. And my husband looked at me and he said, you know, you are going to run yourself into the grave helping everybody else. And it's time that you actually take care of yourself. And so after lots of prayer and tears, Um, I resigned from a part-time job. I resigned from directing the co-op. I just gave up 
everything I could possibly take my hands off of, I needed a total reset. And so that was a crazy transition period. And we moved right in the middle of all of that. We moved here. So homesteading kind of started with me coming home um, to my family. And since then, it has looked like very selectively rebuilding. Um, I'm still rebuilding my health. I wound up diagnosed with um, an autoimmune disease. And so life looks a little different for me with that. Um, but it forces me to slow down and not to pick up too many things again. So that has been a blessing through something really hard, actually. Um, but that's kind of how how we came into the situation we're in now. Um, and it's it's a matter of healing, really, because I went from the most burnout. Um, I was passionate about what I was doing. But I was so exhausted and like I had no mental energy left at the end of the day. And it was just too much. And my kids were getting leftovers and my husband was getting leftovers. And so I just stopped it all. And, you know, it's probably the best thing I could have ever done. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I wonder how much of a difference, I never really actually thought about it until you just said it, but I wonder how much of a difference did it make that you were switching homes in the middle of all that? Did that give you a reset, like a new place? Yeah, I definitely think the timing of that was just perfect. And God just worked that out because it was, so I, I laid down all of those things at the end of July and we bought our house in August and we didn't actually move into it until February or March the following year. Um, and so all those months of renovations and moving and um, looking back on that now, if I had tried to do all of that while I was balancing all of the different things I had been juggling, there is no way. Like, I think I really would have had a major health breakdown like I would have wound up hospitalized and um, so God's timing and that was amazing and it was a mental reset because I was moving into a new place um, at just the right time and there was space for like new dreams and new ideas and for me that's so important like I'm very much a creative thinker and having the room to dream because I have time to do that now has been amazing it's been so good yeah well, I wonder how your family reacted. Like, did they notice a big shift in you? Yes, I think so. Um, when, so originally before I put it all down, I took a leave of absence. I asked for a four week leave of absence. Um, and when I made the decision that I wouldn't return and I told my kids, my son nearly cried and he said, <laughs> you know, mom, I, I'm so excited because I feel like we don't see you much. And to me, it just broke my heart because it's, I knew that's how they probably felt. It's how I felt. But um, to hear him confirm it, it was, I knew I had done the right thing. And so it's been good for my relationship with the kids, for sure. Our homeschool is a lot different. It's better. Um, it, that, that part's been good. It's been good for my marriage. So good for my marriage. And, you know, overall, it's, it's, it was a great move for all of us. There was a period of transition after we did finally get moved into the house. And we sort of were, were getting in the swing of things. 
Um, and that's when my autoimmune disease really flared up. And looking back, I think my body was still like reeling even a year later from all I had put it through. And so we're still healing from all of that. There's lots of health challenges that I struggle with, but um, the healing that's happening there is tremendous. Good. So, you know, both of us have done a lot of work with people and I'm a counselor and there is a huge, huge connection between our bodies and our souls and our minds. And with something like an autoimmune disease, I think you have to be aware of where you are at in your stress level, because if not, your body is going to slow you down. And the truth is, I think that's true for everybody. But for somebody with an autoimmune disease, it's so heightened that you have to be much, much more intentional about all of that. Um, Amber, what do you notice in yourself these days when you know you've taken on too much? Like, what do you notice in your body? Mm, that's a good question. Um, I would say, like, I deal with a lot of inflammation. I have rheumatoid arthritis. So the first thing I usually will notice is I start having real bad aches in all my joints. And I'll just feel, like, real exhausted um, not just tired. I'm talking like the kind of tired when you have the flu where you can't hardly even walk across the room. Um, and so it becomes like the storm of achy exhaustion. <laughs> and it will, now I pay attention to it. Like as soon as I start noticing my joints flare up at all, I know I have to stop. I have to look at my, look at my schedule for that day and say, okay, I've got to build in time today to just sit and rest. Um, and that's hard to do. I'm an Enneagram too. And so I don't like to just sit <laughs> and take care of myself at all. This is very hard for me. And I'm, I've always been terrible with boundaries with people because I love people so deeply that I never want to say no. Um, but that's been part of this too, is learning like the boundaries that will keep my health safer. Um, I don't think the stress that I was living under caused my autoimmune disease, but I definitely think it made it um, maybe appear and get get bad quickly, if that makes sense. Yeah. So I think it like probably escalated the timeline with the with the rheumatoid arthritis. So it's I'm very careful now if I feel any kind of hint that things are flaring up, I slow way down. Yeah, this is very minor compared to what you're talking about, but we were just saying beforehand, I sprained my ankle this week and having four boys in a sprained ankle and I too am an Enneagram too. It doesn't bode well, really. Because <laughs> even if nobody's around needing me, I don't like just sitting down and putting my foot up. I feel like there's a lot of things I need to be doing, people I need to be yeah. talking to, work that needs to be done. And with four kids, that makes it even harder. So this week, I have really been, you know, trying to tell myself, okay, you can ask somebody else to go downstairs and get the laundry you do not. <laughs> yeah. It's hard to do, though. It's so hard as moms. Mom guilt is so strong sometimes. It can be, it can be really overwhelming, you know, just to sit there because your mind's thinking of all the things you need to be doing. But, you know, too, with the with the form, a lot of the work that I'm doing is actually restful to me because yeah. like being in the garden, it is work. I mean, it's work to pull weeds and be up and down on your knees. And there, there is a toll to the body from that kind of thing, but 
the payoff is so huge. It's so life-giving to the soul just to be out doing doing things in the garden or outside. I'm telling you, that's so key for mental health too. But um, finding work that is is going to be restful to my heart is big. And so that gardening has been really my baby this year. <laughs> yeah. Well, I wanted to talk all about your farm, but before we do that, I also want to talk to you about the mental load because a minute ago you talked about how you had the mental space again to dream. And I think that's really huge and something that maybe we don't talk enough about. And there are so many people, especially during this pandemic that have hit burnout and just don't have any margin. So I'm wondering for you, Amber, what do you notice as far as mental space now? Like, how do you feel different? Oh, it's totally different. So I think it was a total mind shift from, I had that typical, I guess, American dream mindset before of, you know, we get up in the morning, everybody goes to work, school, you know, whatever it may be. Even as a homeschool family, our routines were pretty rigid with that stuff. And then ultimately you're just spending your whole day trying to make money to pay for the house and the family that you don't even get to enjoy and you know it was a total a total shift when I realized it didn't have to be that way like we could shift around the things we were doing and the ways we were earning money and we could actually be home together and that was the dream you know that before it just seemed impossible. Like how can a family of four survive if nobody's really working outside of the home? And so that's what led us to the homesteading thing. But now that we're here, it's kind of like we have this freedom of time and I'm not so covered up with commitments that I can't think clearly to even imagine to do something different. Like now my problem's the opposite. I have the time to think and to pray. And as I do those things, I have all these great ideas. And so I just lay myself down. I'm one person and I don't want to get in the mess that I was in before. But I think just giving yourself the room to do that and, and that return to family is first. Well, God is first, but family is first as far as your daily priorities. And then everything else comes around that. And so we choose what we're doing based on what's going to allow us to be better as a family. Okay, tell us about Grace Walk Farm. How did it begin? Yeah, so we found our our little homestead. Um, it was actually listed on an auction online. And it was an amazing story of how God put all that together. But it's a long story, so I'm not going to tell it right now. <laughs> But we found the homestead and it was a total dump. There was a house that was not livable um, and we gutted the house and renovated it completely. And then we moved in and since then we've been building the land up. And so, so far we've added um, hens for eggs. We have a rooster and we have a couple of rabbits and a big garden. We've put in about 25 blueberry bushes and we're trying to decide what we're going to do. Um, we have this back pasture area and we're trying to decide what we're going to do up there, but I think we have pigs and goats in our near future. <laughs> That's oh, neat. 
Yeah. So a little bit of everything. We're we're trying out a lot of different things and just trying to figure out what will be the best fit for our our farm. You know, whether we want to focus on crops and vegetables or if we want to go more towards um, berries. We're planting a whole bunch of strawberries this fall. Um, so I don't know. We're just testing it out and seeing what we love and um, learning as we go. That's so cool. And I love the name. How did you guys decide on that? Yeah, Grace Walk Farm. So we named it after the kids because uh, Grace is our daughter's middle name. And then our son's name is Walker. So Grace Walk is kind of like a combination of their names. I don't know why, but I did not know that. That's really fun. I would. I, we've talked a little bit about it, but I love to talk about soul care on this podcast. And I'm wondering for you, like tending your garden, how, what does that teach you about spending time with Jesus and about your own soul care? I, I think the garden is such an intentional place if you want to be successful with it, that um, it has taught me to kind of be more interested in details. You know, when we get busy, we just kind of like run run through our daily chores and get stuff done. And when I'm in the garden, I slow down because I'm you know, looking at individual plants and what's wrong with this one and what bugs are bothering my green beans or, you know, what are these new weeds that are taking over my pumpkins, whatever it may be. But um, it makes me slow down and be intentional. And I find that like those quiet moments when I'm working on something out there, I just find myself praying. It's just like a natural habit at this point. And I talk to the Lord about Usually whatever I'm doing, he's going to trigger some kind of lesson in me. So if I'm pulling weeds, you know, there have been times where I've pulled weeds and I felt like God said, okay, let's talk about some other weeds in your life we need to pull where I'm still working on that um, tendency to overcommit, you know, or, um, you know, when I prune, especially when I prune my tomato plants, because they are beloved to me. I love growing tomatoes. And when I prune those plants, it's almost painful for me. And it has it's made me stop and think many, many times about how God prunes us. Um, there's just a lot of similarities and a lot of lessons in the garden. I mean, even in the Bible, we see lots of references to the garden. There's, there's scripture after scripture. And if you think about it, you know, humanity started in a garden. God created Adam and Eve and put them in a garden. He could have put them on a beach. He could have put them on a mountain. Why did he choose the garden? And I really believe that there is some kind of connection that can happen with us there um, that is unlike anywhere else. And, you know, right before Jesus went to the cross, he went to the Garden of Gethsemane to pray. Um, so it's just, I, I think there's significance to that. I'm a big proponent that everybody should grow a garden, even if your garden is a single flower pot and a single plant. I just think there's lessons that can be gleaned in the garden that are you're not going to get anywhere else. Girl, you are speaking my language. You know, I love plants too. <laughs> and I am actually reading, I'm only about a third of the way through it so far, but I'm reading a book called Reforesting Faith by Dr. Matthew Sleep. And it's all about trees but it's also about plants and plant life and how it shows up all throughout scripture 
And I, and I feel like the Lord has done the same thing with me in the garden many times, especially Bermuda grass. Bermuda grass mm. is like sin. And that's what yes. I have when I pull that stuff out. Cause you think you've gotten it all, but there's still more like, yeah. <laughs> way down deep where you can't grab it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it, good. And like the, yeah. the roots of a plant, like used to, I didn't understand that when you pull weeds like that, you have to get them out by the roots. And that's so much like sin. Like a mm. lot of times sin is a symptom of a root that's going on deep down in our hearts. And you've got to dig that out or you're never going to get rid of whatever, whatever that sin is that's bothering you. Amber, I always love to ask my guests about any particular scripture passage that the Lord might be using in their life. So I'm wondering for you, is there a particular one that God is using in your life right now? Or is there just a favorite Bible verse you'd like to share with us? Yeah, so I think the one that continually just keeps coming back, I see it everywhere now. And it's not that common of a scripture, but it's 1 Thessalonians 4, 11 and 12. Um, and I'll read it to you. It says, make it your ambition to lead a quiet life to mind your own business and to work with your own hands, just as we have told you, so that your daily life may win the respect of outsiders and so that you will not be dependent on anybody. So that's been kind of my go-to scripture the last two years, all about this new quiet life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you guys are working out every piece of that right now. Yeah. Love yeah, that. Really. Okay, I don't know if it's too soon to ask, but can you talk about some of the things that you're developing in your ministry right now? Sure. Um, yeah, so we're we're working on a lot of different projects. Um, the big dream has been and continues to be to write a book. Um, I wrote a devotional book in my 20s um, that I just had printed on a small scale basis for some women in our church. I was leading like a women's Bible study group at the time. And that really just kind of lit a little fire for me to write a book. And so I am currently in the process of writing. Um, it will be a series called Encountering God in the Garden. And it will be kind of a mix of um, devotional thoughts that go along with um, different things in the garden, kind of like what we're talking about with roots and weeds and pruning, all of that kind of thing. Um, so there will be like some devotional stuff in there and, and there will also be some practical gardening advice because I think that's helpful for somebody who's just starting out. And there's strangely not a lot of great information for very beginner gardeners. Um, so that's kind of what I'm working on right now. Um, I'm hoping to release the first one. Um, I would like to release the winter edition around Christmas, but I may or may not have it ready by then. If not, we will definitely be releasing them in the spring. So I'm excited about that. But in the meantime, we're also working on kind of growing a, an Instagram account just to um, share a little bit about what we're doing and how it's changing our family and just the process of building a homestead from scratch with zero experience. <laughs> um, so that's been fun. I've met a lot of neat people by doing the Instagram account. And then um, Josh is planning to 
do a YouTube. Um, I don't know when yet, but he's planning to YouTube um, because I think video is the best way we can show kind of what we're doing here. And um, I think he he will be really good at video. I'm going to have to pray hard because it makes me nervous, but he's going <laughs> to be great at it. <laughs> That's so fun. Those are really exciting things. So Amber, if people want to find out more about what you're doing, the garden stuff and your ministry stuff, where are all the places that they can find you? So we have a website, um, gracewalkform.com, and there's a blog on there, and all of the book information will be on there. Um, you, you'll be able to pre-order the book on there. Um, so just keep an eye out, and, and the, it'll be posted there. And then we're also on Instagram, Grace Walk Farm, and we'll update on there, too, as we get a little further into the process of all of this. Um, but yeah, either of those places you can reach us. Well, I just want to put a plug in for you too, because I follow a lot of people on Instagram, but I, of course I know you. So of course I love you, but <laughs> I love watching your Instagram feed because it really is restful. Like all your pictures are beautiful. You feel like you're actually in the garden. Your reels are usually very helpful for anybody who's wanting to garden or anybody who wants to grow closer, closer to the Lord. I feel like you do both really well. So I definitely suggest people go follow. Awesome. Thank you so much for that. That means a lot. Um, I try really hard to give people like a little glimpse of what it's like, because I think some people never get to experience it, you know? Yeah. It's neat to, to do that. And the people that, that tune into it, it always surprises me. Like I've had college students or um, even some of my kids' friends watch, and like they stay really interested. They watch every single thing I put out, and it it amazes me the people, like the audience that I wind up with sometimes. That's really fun. That's cool. That's the great thing about the internet, right? Like you just never know. You just never know. Yeah. Or even what countries you might be showing stuff to. Who knows? Yeah, it's very, very neat. Well, thank you so much, Amber, for being on the podcast. It was really fun to have you. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate you having me. Thanks again, Amber, for being on today's podcast episode. It is always fun to talk to you, friend. And it was especially fun to share our conversation with our other friends who are listening. If you're interested in what Amber's up to and you want to know more about Grace Walk Farm, you can check out her website, gracewalkfarm.com. It has links to her blog, gardening resources, fun pictures, you name it. Go check it out. And I suggest that you follow her on Instagram and Facebook as well. You can find that at Grace Walk Farm too. And if you're not already following Pause Renew Next, you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter too, at Pause Renew Next. Pretty simple. I'd love to find you there. If something you heard on today's podcast episode resonated with you, I would love to hear about it. You can share it on social media. That would be awesome. You can also comment on the webpage under today's episode under the show notes or on your favorite podcasting app. Well, that is all for today's podcast episode. I'm Jenny Detweiler with PRN. Pause, renew, next. The podcast. 
May you be encouraged on your journey with Jesus.